Happy Friday to you. Welcome to Let's Talk. My name is Mike. Welcome to the show. Today's podcast is called How Far Have We Come? That's not necessarily, I'm not meaning that in a good way always. So anyways, welcome to the show. It is Friday and for all you weekend people, oorah, make it happen, Captain. So I'm just a, uh, a quick uh, quick note here. And then we're going to get on with the show with the music and stuff. But I just want to give you a heads up. This song starts out very low in in um, sound. And um, it takes about two, three minutes for you'll start hearing music and so forth and so on. So just wanted to give you that heads up so you don't think that something went wrong and there's nothing there. That's it. I'll talk to you again in a little while. God bless.
Hey, once again, happy Friday to you. Welcome to the show. Hope you enjoyed that uh, entrance music there. That's Goodnight Saigon by Billy Joel. When I um, first, uh, well, I'll get to this next part in a minute. Let's start with our prayer, and then we'll get to the show. How's that? Father God, I always remember the day and where I was and what was going on, I remember everything about it, Lord. It was so many years ago, but I remember it as if it was yesterday, the feel of summertime and out there throwing a basketball. And I went home that night a born-again believer. I'll never forget it, Lord, and I'm just so glad and so grateful, and I pray for all your people, Lord, that you have chosen us, you spoke to us, you called our names, and I thank you, Father God, for the faith, the hope, and the love, and, and the commitment that you gave us to have to believe. It became our steadfast rock of salvation and foundation in your Son, Jesus Christ. And we can never, ever, ever say thank you enough, Lord God, ever. It's a new year and new chances and new hopes for so many people. But I know, Lord, the one thing I don't have to ever doubt year after year, that you are always there and you always will be and you always have been and you will never desert us nor forsake us, Lord. And I thank you for this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. So I got a little music playing in the background. I hope it doesn't distract you. 
Um, it's uh, Bach. I'll tell you, I really like Bach. I'm going to shut it off just in case you can hear it. And it's distracting and I don't want that to happen. So let's move in. The name of the podcast, How Far Have We Come? And I don't mean that in a positive way. So Good Night Saigon, that song by Billy Joel. When I, within the first few days, and I mean real quick, could have even been the first day, uh, that I came home uh, and uh, went to be with my family, you know, when I uh, discharged from the Marines. And my brother came to me one time and just so hurriedly, and it was like a major drop everything else importance. And he takes me into his bedroom, and back in those days there were cassette players, and um, he told me, he says, you have to listen to this song. He says, when I heard this song, I thought of you, and it made me cry. And I says, okay. So I listened to the song, it's Good Night Saigon by Billy Joel. Now, I will be honest with you, I was stunned. Just like, wow. You know, I did not serve in Vietnam. Served with a lot of Marines who did. So you get a real feeling for the truth of the matter when you talk to those that were there. And there are some good movies out and so forth and whatnot that do an accurate portrayal of of what it was like. I did learn one time that, um, oh, what's that director's name? He did, um, the movie Platoon, and that's something. That's Roger Stone? Yeah, Roger Stone, I think. Anyways, that's actually, Platoon is actually based on his experience. So much of it. And I never knew that till just a short while ago. Anyway, good night, Saigon. So the lyrics are obviously about Marines in a battle that are bonding together. Okay, and this is what they teach us in the Marine Corps. It's about the unit, the team. And as the words say, you know, fighting fears and trying to just stay alive. It, it's an amazing event when you get thrown into that combat, you get thrown into that situation. I remember coming down in the choppers the first time we got out of the choppers, and I, I felt so lost. Anyways, so from what I've read and what I understand, um, he got the inspiration after talking. To, I don't know if it was one person or a few and so they were talking, obviously, about the war and things like that, and he felt compelled, you know, and he wrote this song. So the reason, you know, obviously it's it's so moving, I think, is because it begins with the sound of crickets chirping, and it gets you the feeling of, like, evening's coming, so darkness. And then the sound morphs into the tinkling of wind chimes at night, and the, so this tells you... Um, that it's breezy out or whatever, if that makes any difference. But anyways, just now you got the sound of helicopters and now images of helicopters carrying their loads of Marines in the battle in the Vietnam War are picking up wounded Marines. Now, interesting, I have vivid images of those choppers. So anyways, it is such a moving song. But with that being said, Oh, and tell me I lost the page where I had the information. You got to be kidding. Oh, okay. So there's that. Good night, Saigon. Now, usually I don't, um, I, you know, make you wait to see what the last song on the show is. Today I'm going to tell you. And 
just to tell you here that it comes from, uh, it's called Here Comes a Miracle. And I personally, <laughs> you know, brings tears to my eyes easily if I let it. And it's right by Ray Bolts. And it's off an album called Moments for the Heart. So here, a co-worker of mine came in and he was all excited about this. I think, in fact, in fact he went to see him. He, he appeared locally where we live. And uh, anyways, uh, he was pumped. <laughs> I mean, really pumped. And it was kind of a, a neat little spectacle because uh, just the kind of guy, you know, the way he looked and acted and whatever, you know, he comes in all pumped. It was kind of funny. Anyways, tells me about this album, so forth and so on. So he gives me the album. I cut a cop or not an album, you know, CD, anyways, whatever. And I cut a copy. And, he, you know, like that, man, I'll tell you. I cried almost on every song, you know, because I love Jesus so much, and I just know that he has rescued me or driven me or miraculously, um, you know, moved me from one place to another. And so the songs really touched me inside. With that being said, Moments for the Heart, again, is the name of the album. With that being said, I'm going to tell you this. Ray Boltz, not long after I thought I finally found somebody who could, you know, write music and so forth in in such a way, uh, he came out of the closet. So he's a homosexual. In fact, I think he actually got married. Now, here's the thing. This does not mean, or this is not evidence that, oh, see, God loves all people. And, so, you know, that that argument is a moot point. You're right, he loves all people, but there's a thing called sin, and that's on the, on the list, very high up on the list. <clears throat> that kind of lifestyle actually fits into the world history of events that took place. Now, with that being said, again, I move on. Um, so the problem here, so I'm, I'm not going to promote him or say go out and buy it and whatever, blah, blah, blah. You can listen to it on Spotify uh, for free. Anyways, um, I will not promote him because of his lifestyle. Okay? And it's a shame because he's, a, he's. I mean, judge for yourself. I mean, the words to the songs, right? But again, the problem is sin. And no matter how many... Songs like Here Comes a Miracle or The Hammer or, you know, Watch the Land, all this. He could write a bazillion of those and have a room full of Grammy Awards. But that's not going to negate his sin. And that's the catch. You know, some of the greatest preachers, I'm sure, that the world had seen up to that time. And, and, and so many other people that, um, you know, seem so spiritually inclined towards the Lord were a bunch of shysters, thieves, and liars. And that's one of the big things I get on with certain religions. They have one of them just, um, I almost just said celebrated. <laughs> just uh, uh, forget the word and don't try to go back to it, Mike. Had a funeral for one of their former leaders. But anyways, that being, that being said and that being the case, again, you know, write a bazillion of these things and you'll be just like the rest of those people. On the outside, like Jesus said to those that were 
you know, <laughs> one more time coming up against them. And, you know, and he says, you're like a, 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 a sepulchre, a sepulchre. Yeah, okay. A mausoleum. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Couldn't get the word right. A mausoleum type building, you know, in the cemeteries. You see them. And he says, you know, <laughs> all clean on the outside and whitewashed and looking great, but on the inside you're full of dead men's bones. And, it, you know, unfortunately, there's a lot of people that buy into that, uh, you know, God's love and everything. And, again, I'm not saying God isn't love, but I'm making the point, I think, hopefully, clear that this kind of behavior is not kosher. Okay? Kona <laughs> uh, <Conan> Fraser. <laughs> anyway, I'll keep moving on, but I just wanted to put that out there to you because, like I said, you know, I don't support them because of the lifestyle. But that doesn't mean that as a potential brother in Christ, I wouldn't love him if he, you know, if he repented of that sin and so forth. So moving along, 2 Peter, first chapter, fourth verse. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Remember I said you'll be free? I talked about that, I think, yesterday a little bit, and maybe some before, but, I well, yeah, I, I know some before. But this is how we're delivered, all right? Because we believe in these precious promises, all right? And we know that the giving of God is exceedingly great. There, you know, okay? And that way, just like all other believers, we are partakers of the divine nature. So we find ourselves in a situation where we can see things more clearly and understand things in the right perspective and know that the times we're living in are perilous times, to say the least. So anyways, that's our opening scripture. Well, I want to say welcome to 2023. Welcome. Then while the year seemed to just simply, you know, 2022 seemed to zip right by, I'll tell you, 2023 couldn't get here fast enough for many people. But I'm saying this also, Murphy's Law, where anything that can go wrong does, and it becomes our nightmare. Quite honestly, I'm giving you some information today and a show today that, as I said, you know, how far have we come? When you look behind the scenes, I guess, or the veil that they put up, and you can see what's really going on. I want to say it was Ezekiel. Hang on, drink of water. That at one time in his visions was taken to different chambers in the temple, and in those chambers, unfortunately, instead of seeing, you know, righteousness and, and truth and justice, he saw every sort of sin you can imagine. So you see, <laughs> the problem here is that we're not looking at things in the right perspective and we're not learning and knowing what's going on. Now, a little story I found was, in, along with this nightmare thing, this is a warning about food inflation, all right? Now, in 2022, 
we saw food prices spike. Man, you know, <laughs> I mean, I don't think we could believe it and even though we were seeing it. You know what I mean? Prices went so high so fast in that area, you, you just, you're stunned. Eggs are up 43%. And, you know, the thing is, you get chickens, and, of course, therefore, you don't have to buy eggs. Well, I'm going to tell you something. When the weather gets just cold enough, they pretty much stop laying. All right? So now you're back to going to the grocery store for eggs and whatnot. And so that's just with eggs. We'll be seeing the effects of this nightmare that farmers have been forced to deal with for a long time, um, specifically, unfortunately, their cost for fertilizer and so forth because that gets passed down. Now, the USDA itself states clearly on their website that food price inflation pressures to continue in 2023. The farmers have been trying to tell us for a long time, listen, these are my costs. These are what these are the things I deal with. These are the restrictions I have. That all gets passed on to you in some way or another at the register. On the 27th of December, I, I saw a story in Fox News, but I just want to say that they reported that a, a fourth-generation dairy farmer is predicting worse food shortages, higher prices in 2023, and this is, you know, with inflation on top of it, drought, interest rate hikes, and all these things are adding up to a major food security threat. And he's saying this as, a, you know, a, a bona fide farmer, fourth generation. You know, this ain't no flyby. So just want to give you that heads up, just some important, uh, you know, information. Obviously, stock up where you can, when you can, and how you can. Now, some real quick, but it's... It's something important I want to mention here. Based on previous shows and what I've talked about here are just my observations, this this show, okay? And hopefully showing you how far have we come. Are we, and I guess primarily, are we in the right direction? Now, I'm not no prophet. I've said that, in fact, in my earlier shows. I made it clear several times. And I'm not a seer. I'm none of those kinds of things. All right. I'm not claiming any absolute authority or any other sort of thing in regards to some of the things I believe and have faith in. It's up to you to pray about what I say and do the research on your own, which can lead to more information than you bargain for. And then you'll find out. I will say one thing. I'm right. All right. I'm right. I, so that's that. So here we go. I've shown that there's come, I have shown that there is a deep state. I mean, you talk about black ops, you, ain't, you, you, you can't even imagine how deep this goes and black it is. Evil to the core. All right? And I have also, as of the news stories that come out, brought to the front that there's an awareness now before or awareness now a greater awareness now than there was before about the deep state's agenda because of this i believe then it's not only on current trends 
but on history past and you know and recent that this deep state is almost guaranteed planning intense chaos in multiple areas to cover their tracks and distract the public away from the extreme crimes that these elites have committed, these globalist elites. This <laughs> Here's part of the thing with this whole nonsense with McCarthy can't get you know enough votes and so forth. This just shows the discord that's in the government. All right, they can't even decide or be behind one guy. You know, they're so befuddled and out of sorts. It's all about their agendas and, you know, where do we fit in? So that being said, don't, you know, and as I've said before in other shows, don't think there's any guarantees when we're going to come out on this, all right, other than what I've been telling you, and it's not good. And you know darn well these uh, riots that they had, you know, when they were burning down cities and BLM and Antifa and all that, that was nothing short of terrorism, and they're planning more of that. And in the course of these events, other events are going to take place within that chaotic, you know, scene that's going on because they're going to bombard you from all directions with all kinds of stuff, either from government or media or whatever. And... They're going to try to erase what they did and, you know, try to make it different. You know, to the victors go the spoils, and they also write the history. Anyways, there's this thing about the chaos. And what they're going to be doing over the coming year is there's going to be so many crises. They're going to expand and accelerate an existing crisis and, you know, in creating others, and they're going to come and go so fast, like lightning. And there's going to be no way to keep track of it. And they're going to make new crises already. We, I talked to you just a minute ago, right, on food, food crisis, immigration crisis, got the border crisis, so those two go together. You got a currency crisis. You got a terrorism crisis. We got a war over in Europe. And this is all because... It's what they do. Now, right now, the UN itself is standing by to provide what they call, (laughs) yeah, I'm not laughing because it's funny, but it's just so, are you serious? Anyways, the uh, UN standing by to provide solutions to the problem. I can't tell you how many times through the years I have heard that this world leader that is going to come on the scene, some call him the Antichrist, Christians primarily, uh, the Jewish people are in Hebrew, He's or in the Bible actually too, Antichrist is a person who's not in the Bible, um, man of sin, son of perdition, is supposedly going to come at a point in time in our world's evolving history or developing events and have solutions. So maybe they're telling us something. Well, you know what? I should take that back. They are telling you something. They're trying to tell you what's getting ready to happen. And believe it or not, they're daring you to stand up and do something about it. And that's what that's what gets me all fired up. Yeah, come on. You want to get it on? Anyway, so and also the World Health Organization, working on digital IDs, vaccine passports, to deal with 
you know, it's not just about COVID anymore. I guarantee you, you wait. You ain't seen nothing yet, as they say. And then you have um, the central bank, you know, the digital currency and all this. So also with the UN, the Food and Agricultural Organization. So this is, see, the UN is multi-government power all within. And, you know, they're working supposedly on the food crisis, but, you know, we're not going to see anything. And you know what? I almost forgot the energy crisis. Now, with these things going on, just to back up or make, you know, recap here real quick. Remember, all these crises are for no other reason than to confuse you, befuddle you, and break you down. Remember I said in yesterday's show about drill instructors and, you know, the process and all that? That's what this is. Okay, this is their version of that. Now, they may not be screaming and yelling and hollering like I said yesterday, like drill instructors do, but (laughs) a lot of people you're going to see on these crises are screaming and yelling and hollering, depending on what they're, you know, caught up in. But it, so this is this is where it's coming. Now, also according to reports from the UN Climate Summit, which was just held in Egypt, drink of water, they have plans drawn up, signed, sealed, delivered, as they say, um, where they have um, uh, made issue. They're going to be dismantling our complete energy infrastructure, really for when you look at their goals are and what their agenda is, nothing short of just breaking it all down for not, to nothing, the whole infrastructure. And it's all for the purpose of causing an energy crisis. There's no, because, man, I'm telling you, if you believe in global warming, I got to tell you, you're a little bit confused as to what's really going on and why. And I'll, let me help you out here. I would question whether or not this global warming thing is a solely man-made driven come up with and all that kind of event. I believe we're seeing the judgments from God, the, the, the weather, the, the, you know, and our atmosphere and all these kinds of things are in scripture. They are in prophecy and what God's going to do with them and how he's going to treat them or how he's going to manipulate them or allow, maybe in this case, allow them to be manipulated to bring about his will. You know? Okay? So this is what we're seeing. This is what we're seeing. And they're going to create a new energy order. Order. Did I say that right? A new energy policy. And they'll take control and limit the energy use. That's why these electronic meters, they'll shut them things down in a daggone heartbeat. I've seen that technology. So they're creating the poison and the antidote all in the same laboratory, okay? Because they're going to create, as I, I mentioned in another show a while back, but anyways, they, they create the, the chaos and they bring in the cure, okay? Whatever it may, you know, not, may not necessarily be a medical thing, as I say cure, but or the solution, let me put it that way. So, And, and that's what the globalists and deep staters, deep staters and the insiders are working on this is it there are people right now and there have been for probably generations 
of our government and so forth and others through the world that, you know, there's deep staters in them all. And they they develop these scenarios and so forth, and then they, you know, initiate them. This is what they're working on. They create the poison and the antidote in the same daggone quote-unquote laboratory, just to use a phrase, and all they're working on, you know, in, with, taking away the analogies, their programs in crisis to take away our freedoms, population control, and your um, environmental stamp on this world. This is, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's too bad the media got as far as it did where they are now in their, you know, spool of lies and everything like that, because I'll tell you something. This this is serious. And these are the kinds of things that those who just got themselves elected, um, I'm speaking exclusively of the Republican Party, these are things that they should be dealing with. And there's certain issues along these lines that Kevin McCarthy doesn't want to touch. But it's something, because there's a, there's a, a different set of Republicans in certain respects that have come into, you know, into Washington, newly elected. And there's those that have been there that have been, you know, they've been saying it all along. So you got the new people that feel that in their hearts and you got the old timers that have been carrying the torch. And this is why we need to make sure we're keeping an eye on them. So let's go back to the COVID-19 vaccine thing. So, and what's going to probably unfold in 2023 is a mass unstoppable awakening. All right? Now, I said earlier in the show, or I mentioned earlier in the show, that people have woken up, you know, to so many of the disgusting things that this government has been doing and what the agenda of the world is and everything. So they're just going to accelerate this to a point or to a degree that it's going to jar everybody to an awakening about what's been going on, all right? And that this whole COVID thing, this one is falls under the category of population control. Nothing short of it. Nothing short of it. Don't fool yourself that these people really exist in this world. If you st- If you follow the chain of events like in the UN and then so many of these other, like the, the climate control thing that just happened in Egypt. These people are driving world events, and these people are driving governments to either get on board or get out. Now, all of them, all of them are guilty, whether they're involved in this, like, you know, medical stuff or not. It doesn't matter. They're all guilty. Every daggone one of them. I don't care how nice they talk to you or kiss the baby and all. I don't care. Every single one of these people is in. So, and they're on record. They're on record with statements and speeches. Uh, Bill Gates just said something. I forget what it was, but it was something along the line. Too many daggone people start dying, please. You know, and how can we help that along? But anyways... And they're claiming there's, you know, like just said, you know, Bill Gates, I lost myself in thought there. There's too many people consuming too many resources. 
And we got to reduce the population of the earth. I mean, hey, man, don't you see it? You know, we got to make sure that the earth carries on, you know. What about me? <laughs> I'm not saying, we. Like I've always said, not, you know, we should be custodians of the earth like God gave us, you know, um, uh, a command to. But I'm not tree hugging. <laughs> no, sir, that's not going to happen. So, <laughs> you know, I'm just saying that we have to have these people on the fire at all times to be making sure this kind of stuff stops, hopefully. I think the evidence for mass murder and genocide is overwhelming. Let me make that clear after I just said what I said. But <laughs> I believe it's so overwhelming that it would be hard for a court not to convict. Problem is you can't get the courts to do their job. They do somebody else's job and somebody else's strong-arming. We got to understand there can be no doubt about this. The globalist elites, the global predators behind this uh, agenda, this atrocity, the, in my mind, have probably killed millions and millions of people. And at no time, even though the evidence is there, they're never going to go, you got us. No, 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 no. They're going to go to the next part of the plan. And based on what we've seen so far, you know the old adage, right? Baby, you ain't seen nothing yet. And I tell you right now, we can expect to see some sort of crisis of epic proportions to try to take the focus off it, this COVID-19 stuff, and these other crises that they're going to, you know, uh, create. So, again, you, you know, to be aware is to be armed and be ready for what's coming. Because I'm telling you now, you know, unless they're like Nineveh, you know, everybody repents and seriously turns their heart and lives to God. Unless that happens, <laughs> all right? And that's what it took for the Ninevehs to be uh, given mercy for a brief period. So we have to remember that no matter what they tell us, no matter how sincere and everything, and I know it's not easy, I get it. All right. I remember thinking that some of my rock stars, you know, I was a fan of back in the day, and I'd say, oh, no, not them. They're, you know, they're good people. Nah, sometimes you got to get hit in the head with a baseball bat to realize, you know. Anyways, let's do a scripture, Romans chapter 16. And it says this Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned, and avoid them, for they are that, that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. So really break it down. Mark them, it says, all right? Back in the day, they used to mark people with certain markings well, they still do it, and the marking told you something about whatever the thing was with that person. So they're saying mark them. Mark them so that everybody sees it and or knows it, all right? The ones that are trying to divide and the doctrines are contrary to what they've already learned. They see the wolves are always 
circling the sheep, looking for a way to get in there. And he's telling them, be aware of it. Stand, stand up. Don't, you know, let your guard down. These individuals are only serving themselves, like I said earlier. Many a preacher, pastor, so forth, you know, quote-unquote righteous people. Well, not really. Not really. Always remember this, and I'm not trying to knock anybody or, you know, preacher-wise or anything like that. Always remember this. The Scripture tells us Satan masquerades as an angel of light, and so do his followers. Okay, so that means the demons. So they can come to you as a very righteous-seeming person and so forth and so on, and they're deceiving you. So be aware. So at the core, the main issue, well, really what we're dealing with is a battle against evil, right? That that's, that's a given. At this point in time, you know, knowing what we know and understanding what we understand and so forth, about the power and the authority that demons do have and so forth and so on, you know, including Satan and whatever else you want to call him, Lucifer and so forth. You know, it, I mean, it's out, it, it, it exists. And so it's nothing short, again, of a battle. Now, in Ephesians 6.12, it says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, I want you to understand something here. In this part that says against principalities, powers, or rules, that in there, in the way the Hebrew would, lay, would say this or give you the understanding of, is that you're literally working against powers and, and principle, you're working against an a actual government kind of thing, I guess is what I'm getting at. You know, there's a hierarchy there. There's a, you know, show me some respect kind of thing. I got more rank than you. you know. And so this is no small thing. This evil that we're fighting, this battle, this is no small thing, man. I'm telling you right now, you can get a clear picture about what we're fighting especially if you're a born-again believer, or at least believe the word you're reading, and hopefully, God willing, that'll lead you to Jesus Christ. But again, we're not just fighting, you know, the George Soros's and Klaus Schwab's or Joe Biden or anybody, none of them, no. no. Those are the ones that we see, but they're being driven by evil, evil, evil. So the apostle Paul in the Bible who wrote, you know, in Ephesians there, he calls this powers and principalities or demonic entities. Basically, in no other, no other you know, uh, 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 answer, they're fallen angels and demons. And they are, again, behind the scenes that convert huge parts or govern huge parts of the world. I know a lot of people don't understand it. They can't understand or don't, you know, especially they don't believe they're being ruled by demonic forces. Well, what do you think the demons are doing if they're not, you know, being ruling people and causing all this kind of nonsense? You think they're sitting around drinking margaritas till they get their final sentence in hell? No, they're out there doing what they do. And they, these people have been turned over because of their disbelief 
over to what's referred to as a reprobate mind. Paul talks about that. All right? See, unbelief. Many, 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 many people wish right this very minute that they had believed. Oh, they wish they had the chance to be able to believe. Anyways, so the thing is this. Their form of worship and what they worship is 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 all, all whacked out. They're looking at money or a statue and they're worshiping Satan. Now in Ephesians 6, there's also clear instruction. Hey, get this. See, the deliverer. The Lord God delivers. So also in Ephesians 6, clear instructions how to deal with it. It's called the shield of faith. And it says this in Ephesians 6, Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. See, when you believe those words and you put those words into action, as you'll be, you know, able to do, there's no other way to see things. See, you're seeing things clearly when you have that kind of faith. Right? So, listen. Talks about taking the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, the Bible. All right? That's part of that in Ephesians 6 there. And that's our, that's our offensive weapon. When you read the Bible, you get an accurate depiction of reality that you won't get from any media. You're not. All right? And if you fellowship, if you can, with other people that do the same, Tell you what, it's going to be a big dose of reality going on there. But the good thing is, you know who your Savior is also. So the reality, as we know, is Satan knows he has limited time. When Jesus confronted some of those individuals in Jerusalem or Israel, and the demon would say to him, you've come already, are you here now? So the thing is, they don't have an accurate date because nobody knows the day or hours and not even them, all right? But they know it's not forever. It's not eternal. So they thought when Jesus shows up so forth the way he did and they're, you know, having a conversation, they thought it was judgment time, like the end judgment, you know? And the reason they're concerned at this limited time that they know they have is because they want to be able to take as many souls as possible down to hell with them. So he uses the lies and fear and ignorance and trickery, temptation and evil. Nothing new. Everybody goes through it. Everybody has to deal with it. Believe you me, those things just don't magically disappear when you become a born-again believer. Oh, no, now the battle's on. Because before you're a born-again believer, Satan don't worry about you. He's got you. And he's going to keep you, you know, through lies and fear and ignorance and trickery, temptation and evil. That's, that's his, you know, there's his weapons. So, you know, the thing to do, right, would be that since you know what your opponent carries as far as weapons, now you can, you know, have a plan. Pretty simple, huh? So, unfortunately, uh, you know, there are so many... Rulers that are in league with the, you know, the demons. And we know how this ends, and it's not going to end well for them. 
because as I've always said, there's there's there are only two sides to this fight. And buddy, I'd make sure I'd be on the right side <laughs> because that's, that's got eternal consequences. Remember when you was a kid growing up and you were learning how to be disciplined? And what was the biggest reason you didn't go towards that cabinet no more or whatever it was? Because there was consequences. At least I hope there was. Because, well, be honest with you, because there are no consequences now, these kids get away with all kinds of nasty. But, again, the consequences for this, eternal. No, there's no, you know, 30-day sentence or whatever, like, you know, man's court. No, no, no. Kind of like man's court, I guess, in one way you say, well, they got a life sentence. I got to remind you, one last time, hopefully on this show, I'll say it again some other time, but although we have voted for those who say they can fix this, just remember that in the end, and the truth, not just the end, but the truth of the matter is, only Jesus Christ can deliver us and give us peace. Please don't forget that. Hold on to that for dear life. Now, you know, you have a whole lot of people that say, they don't believe anymore, and or they have different ways of believing. And chapel speakers on some of the secular university campuses, well, they pretty much are alarming in that they're starting to drift. And those are usually some of the more um, faithful preachers. But increasing unfaithfulness to the scriptures by pastors of Christian congregations across the United States. That's most alarming of all. Yeah, you got the speakers on the universities, but the pastors that are out there with the flock in public, you know, they're also <laughs> going through an unfaithfulness to scriptures. In 2022, they did a survey of a 1,000 Christians, Christian pastors, across seven major groupings of denominations and you, you, I mean, this is beyond shocking. I, that's not even, you can't even put that word here. And the reason is, is because only 37% of clergy have a biblical worldview. You, 37%. I'll do the math for you real quick, just in case you're still stunned. That's less than half. That's not good. And most surprising was the percentage of pastors in evangelical denominations who don't uphold biblical beliefs. That is just unbelievable. I mean, over the top, beyond belief. Totally. And these are the ones leading the flock. In 1 Corinthians, it says this. I'm going to hit this one. And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. You get that? So Paul's saying to the Corinthians, if Christ hasn't risen, go home and go back to what you were doing, every bit of it. Because that's where our that's a, that's what we base our faith on. If he hadn't risen, he's just another dead prophet. All right? But he rose. <laughs> yes, he did. And now he sits next to the Father in heaven on a throne of his own with all power and authority. 
And these numbers that I'm reading to you are just, this is why I'm saying you can't even use the word unbelievable because this is beyond that. 30% said they don't believe their salvation. Stop, I can't say it. 30% said they don't believe that their salvation is based exclusively on confessing their sins through repentance and accepting Jesus Christ as their Savior. They should read 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I hope. An individual with a worldview, as I've always said, looks at the world and sifts all information through the lens of God's word. Hopefully, you take nothing for granted. Everything gets sifted. And you got to, over and against every competing worldview, the Bible forcefully declares, listen, in Romans 12, it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Amen. When I've talked about that before, the renewal of your mind or being transformed, you know, I always say, you know, the new man, a new creation, a new being, there you go. All right. But they become leaders, these wayward pastors. Unfortunately, their flocks are following them. So they're leaders of a movement, which is actually away from God. Is This is <laughs> very disconcerting. All right. The problem is that they've allowed the world, and I just read about this, right? Right? Do not be conformed to the world. Well, they did. Because what's happening is secular culture is influencing Christians more than Christians are influencing the culture. And that problem starts at the pulpit. Everybody's responsible for their own, but these pastors should be noticing if their flock is going in the wrong direction. You know, he needs to bring them back in. That's what. That's why Jesus talks so much about the good shepherd, because that's what the good shepherd does. When one of those sheep goes astray, remember I, I, I did this in the one show and I told you about, that shepherd will leave 99 sheep to go find that one sheep. Okay. Then you need to be, you know, going after your flock. But I guess, first of all, you got to be, you know, healthy Christian-wise. So we have Christians. Yeah, okay, in name only. But either way, we have Christians who are hesitant to live out their faith. That's a, that's a genuine, you know, problem. There's no issue with that. But what we need is we need pastors who understand the Bible and its application to the world in which we live. A lot of pastors are stuck up in that rote, just kind of, oh, happy, joy, and whatever, to me, kind of sermons, all right? And they don't get into the meat, or very little meat at all, if any. This is a problem, spoken about it many times. So you know what? Bottom line, I've always said, and I'll continue to say it, people need the truth of the Word of God that has, because the Word of God has the power of God to change hearts and lives for eternity, for all eternity. All these struggles we go through right now, trying to conform to the new life and so forth and so on, all those struggles you'll be going through, or, you know, 
You won't go through any of that in eternity at all. Just remember, it says in 2 Peter 2, and I've spoken this many times, but it's so important. This is one of those verses you want to, you know, rote memory. It says this, there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. Second Peter. All right? And they're secret about everything they do. That stuff Ezekiel saw in the temple, that was all done in secret. And this deep state, they're doing it all pre pretty much in secret. And what are they bringing? Destructive heresies. And even though they'll say the name Jesus Christ, they have no faith in him whatsoever. And under their breath or even at a live mic, they'll say, you know, they'll deny Jesus in some manner. Don't let that be you, I pray. Hey, everybody, I'm going to let you go. 50 minutes, oh my gosh, if that's too long, let me know. I'll try to get it shorter again, but got things to say. Thank you so much for being part of the show. Thank you so much for sharing the show. And just thank you so much that we all stand together in prayer and hope for our country, for our churches, and for our families. And I thank you for all those, Father God, in Jesus' name, amen.
When we see him in the air. 